Today on the podcast, universal basic income. Is it a good idea? I'm Ed Martin. And I'm Alex Kane, and this is The Bipartisans. All right, so today on the podcast, we're talking about universal basic income, which I think is a really interesting concept, not because I think it's an amazing idea, not because I think it's a terrible idea. I just find it fascinating because it's something that people on both the left and the right have um, have proposed in the past and currently, And but there's also reasons why people on both sides disagree with it. So I just wanted to talk about it because I find that a very interesting topic for that reason. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's really interesting because it like goes all around on the political spectrum. It's in one part libertarian and another part it is kind of socialist. Yeah. Social democracy. I don't know. Whatever Bernie Sanders calls it. That's it's all communism. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I mean, Alex, what do you think? I think that... Oh, wait. First, should we define it? Yeah. So, universal basic income is... The idea that... And we're going to be calling it UBI. Yeah, UBI. is the idea that basically you end all current welfare programs and instead the government provides provides money to every citizen. uh, when When you're talking about solely universal basic income, that means every citizen, regardless of... Their actual income. Actual income. They give them basically enough money for food and housing to stay above the poverty line but so nothing in the else. united states that's around what is it like two thousand dollars a month yeah so They're, like the programs i read about that they've suggested in the u.s would be ten thousand dollars a year which is a little it's so lower $10, than dollars a year i've heard, I've heard other estimates too yeah. of like around 24 like two thousand dollars a month it ranges yeah it, it ranges um i mean the truth is the it's a lot more expensive to live in some places like at least here in connecticut it's a lot more expensive than it is to live in oklahoma so that's part of the issue that's one of the issues with the poverty line so um yes it would be very expensive though yeah nonetheless so can we just can we just say that all of the options would be a lot more expensive than the current welfare system yes that's true they would um i think they would cost around if you got rid of all the current welfare systems and put in universal basic income at the lowest, it would be like two times more expensive. I think it would cost it. It would cost the estimates are at least one point five trillion dollars a year. And that wouldn't. Um, and that's at the lowest estimate. Still, that isn't great because it's not enough money. Yeah. First, when when I'm talking about the lowest estimate, that means that it's it's around ten thousand dollars a year, which it really isn't that much to get someone out of poverty. And it also you're excluding anyone currently on social security and anyone making over a hundred thousand dollars a year. Oh, so that isn't universal then? No. I'm when what I'm talking about is not entirely universal just because a third of the population makes over a hundred thousand dollars a year. Right. And it's it would be pointless to give them Well uni- see, okay, so that's the thing that I don't I actually just kind of dislike about universal basic income. I don't really see why it has to be given to everybody. I understand that's part of like the equality, but if you're just talking about replacing like welfare with this, I don't know. That might be a better idea. Well, I think that's why um, I think people on the right like it just because it's a much simpler program and you're giving people the autonomy to spend their money in the way that they think is the best and not the government. Yeah. I mean, cause I, I think one of the big concerns of the right is uh, like overgrowing the government. Um, you know, and, and to some extent, I get that. To other extent, I've been thinking, like, a lot about different things, like, you know, how, how uh, food stamps and 
um, other kind of food benefit programs pan out. And um, one thing I was thinking of is like, what if they kind of did like Blue Apron style prepackaged food and send it to people directly? Um, and how that would be interesting, even though that's complete control of what people eat from the government. I don't know. Would that work better than the current system in place? Maybe. Well, that's that's just when the government, like the whole premise is that the government basically is not efficient in running something like that. And that when you give the money directly to the people, they it, take care of their own true. needs and they do it well, which is also a big debate because there's the whole um, there's the whole issue of misusing the money for um, for purposes other than that and basically the government's just funding people uh wasting money but in my but, and so that's that's the argument to make it universal because then well anyone can waste the money they want but the the issue i have with it mainly is if you made it universal um you're basically looking at like just causing inflation because if you're raising how much people so the the lowest amount you can make now is zero dollars. I guess you can make less if you include debt, but let's just say you're making zero dollars. Uh, raise that to fifteen thousand dollars, then everything's just going to get more expensive because they yeah. can justify prices more. Yeah, I I don't think um, many people necessarily agree entirely with UBI on terms of the full and as completely universal. Especially people on the left, they they would argue against giving the wealthy money, which is something I have to agree with because they don't need it. And it's just the government wasting more money than it already is. Um, but historically this has actually been, uh, a very Republican idea. I mean, yeah, it was, uh, Milton Friedman was a supporter. Richard Nixon proposed a negative income tax, mm -hmm. which I, th I find it really interesting because it, it, like you said, it is, it looks like a socialist program. It is, but there's also a certain amount of libertarianism that yeah. comes to it. And so it does. Okay, so I said socialist before, and I might want to. It is redistributive, so that does make it inherently socialist. Um, but the thing that I think is interesting about it is that uh, it goes more off of Keynesian economics in that um, the government is giving money to people to spend in the economy. And so it will help the economy. And yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I mean, there's, you know, whether or not that is true, we don't, we don't really know because there hasn't been, like, nobody's actually implemented it. Um, well, that, that is a... There's been small yeah, that's, implications, but they haven't been on large scale levels or at yeah. least like statewide or even citywide levels. Yeah, that's an, that's, um, that's definitely a good thing to talk about is, you know, has this been tried before and how? So the, uh, in Alaska, they do have a program which is called the PFD and it's it's not entirely universal basic income it's basically there's a f they have a fund and they invest tax money and basically every every person in this uh, taxpayer in the state gets a payout of around $2000 every year which has led to 10,000 more jobs in the state cuz there's the contributions to the economy and there's but and then there's also the other side of if people just work less because they're getting free money and only 1% of people surveyed said that they had worked less directly because of this but there's the also the issue of the it's the also only $2000 yeah it's a small amount and also there's the um it's also placed in a fund it's not direct redistribution it's being smartly invested to grow to over time. grow over yeah time. i mean it's kind of like a pension for living like, yeah i mean i i don't um the alaska program is brought up but 
you know it, it's, it's it's not very accurate representation yeah it's just like kind of statistically insignificant and I'm it's not, a small state yeah i'm not like sliding it towards alaska but they don't really represent mainland united states i mean their population density is vastly different yeah um their population in general is also just different like i mean they they concentrate around oil um, yeah and like fishing and it's just not it's not a normal economy um that's consistent with the other states um, yeah there um there has been some other attempted applications around the world but they've also been similarly limited and uh kind of hard to draw anything from like there was one in uh in uh, finland which has just been recently it's just been this past year they just announced a couple days ago they were ending it yeah was that the unemployment one it, yeah they they yeah. chose uh, a random sample of 2,000 unemployed people aged 25 to 28 and gave them a monthly stipend of around seven hundred dollars and well, basically the thing is though it wasn't even okay it wasn't even basic income it was just a new unemployment system yeah and there's also the other issue that there's so many um existing programs in finland that adding this on top did nothing because they already, that's not true, that's well, not true. Well, it, do, it doesn't do nothing but what it you, did do you, what it did do is and that thing that's important to remember is that in Finland, one of the issues with the unemployment was if you even try to get part-time work that wasn't your full employment, you no longer received unemployment or any kind of benefits. So the point of that was to see if you just gave people money instead and said, you know, don't worry about uh, whether or not you have um, your job. Uh, they thought people would be more able to find jobs. Um, I don't really think they were able to find jobs that well. Um, yeah, we are less likely to. Yeah, at this point, uh, we don't actually know exactly why they ended and how it worked, but they will be releasing mm-hmm. statistics later. Um, the reason, as of now, is that there was a lot of public backlash to it because um, some pe- people just people claim that people are just taking the money and watching TV and playing video games and not doing anything useful. Which we don't I really mean, know if that's if that's true. Yeah, I I th- I I would think that most people are trying to find jobs. The yeah. question is, um is that counterproductive to a certain point uh, in an economy? Um, but it was an interesting experiment. But once again, it doesn't really go with basic income because it, it, I mean, it kind of does because it doesn't really matter if you're employed or not, if you get it. But um, yeah, it was just an inaccurate representation of you know, uh, universal basic income because the pe- you had to be unemployed to get it. It wasn't yeah. really enough to support yourself. And there's so many existing programs that I, it, there was a benefit to it, but there's so many existing programs like um, free healthcare and university and uh, government provided job training that the the idea of implementing in the U.S. would be to end all the other programs. So it's not really applicable in this right. in our circumstances. This was a supplementary yeah um, program, and so that's where I think that like you know if a state wants to try it. I'm like all for it. So that's like my thing. Even when it comes to something like Obamacare, it's like, you know, I'm not necessarily against it. I just don't want to implement it on a national level without understanding how it's going to affect. um, Yeah, that's a fair point. Anything. So like, I think that if we took a more empirical approach and like, you know, let's say California, I mean, because it's California, California wanted to implement it just like they wanted to implement um, universal healthcare, which didn't end up happening because they don't have the money. Um, that would be very interesting because if it worked well, then it actually has, uh, it would give the law, a federal law precedent, and it would also give it uh, empirical data. 
as to why we should move to a different system. Yeah, that's it's definitely it's definitely not something you can just push through the federal government and expect to work and as we've talked about there's no real there's no real um suggestions or case studies that would tell us anything about how it would work. There I mean there is the kind of general knowledge that um mo- giving people adequate income is basically general generally better for themselves in society where there's crime reductions reductions in uh malnutrition better health outcomes lower teen pregnancy uh better educational outcomes and the economy grows those are all good things but when the program is so expensive um and it's hard to justify it's hard to justify and also it's it's important to note that there's no evidence thus far that people will use the money for good or they'll waste it Mm mm-hmm and that's that's an important thing too. Well, and if they do, then it's going to be a really big backlash. Um, yeah. And how long before it's just cut before we actually see the implications of the program? Yeah. So that's why that's why we should just some a state should try to implement it, and we can see what happens. Yeah, and I, I think at the end of the day, it does come down to individual states if they want to do it or not. I mean, it, it seem it doesn't really seem like a federal government kind of thing. Um, I think the federal federal government could do kind of what they did with Obamacare and, and provide like grants and pay for a majority of it. Uh, but I think it comes down to whether or not each state wants to enroll. Yeah, it's it's not. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. That it's not the it's not an issue that the federal government can take control over. And it might be it might be more efficient to have states implement VATS to cut to fund it too. Yeah. Which which the federal government it's not really in the federal government jurisdiction and yeah. a VAT is always suggested as uh, a way to fund something like this or basically just a better tax system in the US or state by state. Yeah, I agree. Um But I mean, since there is no like I'm opposed to the idea inherently because I just don't I think it's kind of productive towards the economy um, and kind of all things would suggest that it would just make everything more expensive. So I don't really see the actual benefit of it, but it's an interesting concept because it does kind of, it plays into the left side of, you know, we want to, we want to give, give people enough to get by. Um, but it also plays into the right side of, you know, I don't want government control and telling people how to spend their money. Um, and so it, with that, I find it very interesting. Yeah, that's, um, that's something people on the left would say too that they they can see both sides to it but at the end of the day i don't think that there's that strong supporters on either side just because um the left kind of understands how expensive it is and a lot of people on the left um like economists and uh basically policy people have noted that it would be it would be a cool thing to do, but the the most effective way would be to improve already existing programs, and also increasing the earned income tax credit, which is a big issue because when people are just below the line to qualify for programs and then they receive assistance, all of a sudden they're over the line and they have to pay taxes on the money and basically there's no net positive effect. It's uh it's what they call the the Medicaid cliff or any cliff with other programs, which that that's um that's an important thing to note, but I mean or they could fix the poverty line. But yeah. But so the, that's but the at, other issue. But the whole the whole the whole thing is that I think people just think that the program is too expensive. Well and I think I think that 
the truth of the matter is, is that politicians don't want to move poverty lines in a lot of these programs because it doesn't matter what party you're from. If you have to move up your poverty line, that makes it seem like your state's getting poorer. Yeah, there's yeah, because realistically, if you if you want to implement any any effective program with a cap like this, the cap has to be above the people that need it most. So you don't end up creating a cliff. Which is it? Which is why people suggest the hundred thousand dollar cap on a universal basic income because if you suggest something lower, people will end up over the cap with the money, and then they'll have to pay taxes and have no benefit. Which is and um, a lot of people would think that a hundred thousand dollars is way too much money to be making to be given an extra boost to make sure you're over the poverty line because you're obviously not. You're in the I think it's the you're in the second highest quintile. I I'm not sure if it's second or third. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but it's but if you're if it's lower, it, it, there's just no net positive effect for the people. So I ha- I have another question. This is like totally hypothetical, but I kind of thought of it. I want to know your thoughts on it. So say we did implement universal basic income through a federal level. Um, what then would be the implications of like somebody trying to obtain an abortion with it? Wouldn't that be against the Hyde Amendment? Like I could see it like a lot of issues here. Well, that's just that's um, that's a narrow, that's a narrow case. But if if you're going off the like libertarian mm-hmm. interpretation of a universal basic income, then it's it's okay. Right, but it's federal. Co- I mean, just like okay, well, say well, it's indirect. Say if somebody, it's indirect, but they, you know, the Supreme Court ruled the same way with the school vouchers, that people couldn't go to religious schools using government school vouchers because that's the government using money, giving money towards uh, religious services. Yeah, it's, it's, it's also just... Like, I could actually to... see a lot of potential issues with this. I, I guess. Um, I, it's, it's kind of hard for me to say something either way because I, I inherently disagree with people going to religious schools in the first place, so I'll agree with that decision, but <laughs> I I also disagree with the Hyde Amendment, so I'll 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 disagree I'll I'll be in support of spending money. But if I if I take a step back, I think it would have to be consistent in how you can use uh, federal federal money you're given right. when it's not for a specific purpose. But then it purpose. kinda goes against the libertarian idea because you yeah. can't just spend on whatever you want. Um and so that's what I see uh I almost see like a big legal issue here with, with implementing a program like this. Like unless it's implemented through the state, which is my point again, like I think that's what this would have to be. This would have to go through. I don't, I don't see that as being a huge issue. I think someone will freak out about it at some point, but it's right. But then what happens is it goes, so if the federal government implements UBI, um, then the Supreme court will just turn it down because somebody will sue over it. Well, the, 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 they'll, if, if they sue over it, it's... It's like, what if you're using that th- money to donate to your church? So so you think that if it went to the Supreme Court, they would rule that UBI is unconstitutional? I mean, it's possible. I don't know. You know, it is a conservative court, and that seems to kind of fit. It's really tough. It, it's government money. Well, the, the thing is, is that people... The program is designed to give people barely enough money to be over the poverty line so well i mean I the real program is supposed to give money yeah, to supposed, everybody yeah 
That's like you see where the issue comes in. Yeah, but then if you're making like if you're making if you're like if you're making ninety thousand dollars a year and you still get universal basic income, like why would you use that money to give to the church? Why don't you just give your own money and keep the rest? Well, the question is, what is your own money and what money is the UBI money? Right, like there's actually a lot of legal. Like, what if somebody uses it to, you know, buy drugs? Like, is that? I, I don't know. Well, right? that that like that's an interesting. Oh, here, issue, here's another but... one. What if you use it to buy marijuana? Right. So on federally, that's legal, but some states allow it. Well, that well, that's that's also kind of a narrow case because they have tried. I think it was in Tennessee where they um they implemented a drug test for people on welfare. And they tested, I think, hundreds of people, and they found like three who actually were using drugs. So it's it's not as big as an issue as people think, but it is it is like at the end of the day, it is an interesting legal question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I don't know. It, like, at what point does it get? Um, I mean, that would kind of go against the establishment clause. You can't establish a religion, or in other ways, I think it would just step on other liberties that have been secured. Yeah, that's, that's like, that's one of the most... Which, and then, okay, so, yeah, I understand, like, the libertarian argument of this, but the the other side of me is saying, like, well, you're basically making people become so dependent on the government that they have no choice, right? And so that, that's where I find issue with it, is that as soon as you're giving the government that kind of power, that's absurd. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a concern, but I think the, the the way people think about it is that you're giving people just enough to be above the poverty line. They have just enough for food. They have just enough for housing. And they have just a little more that they will, they will want to spend on job training or something similar. Um, education, which would you wouldn't be able to afford it with this. So it's mainly job training. So that, yeah. so that you would be able to basically advance yourself. You basically have the capital to invest in yourself and basically become self-sufficient in the future now that's the idea of the program but like we've said really there's there's no evidence either way that people will effectively use the money or not which is a big issue which is why the program would actually have to be tried out before it's implemented on a large scale okay so we're shifting gears a little bit we're going to talk about um north korea and south korea now because it's getting extremely interesting yeah this is some very recent news we have that uh, they're having meetings right now. It's the first time in, I think, 15 years or something that the leaders of the two countries have gotten together and met. I think it's... A, has it been the first time since the war? No, it, it has no, no, happened. No, 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 not, not that they have gotten together, but I think that uh, North Korean leader has gone on to South Korean soil. Oh, that might be true. But anyways, they um, they've announced that... They are aiming to officially end the war and uh, denuclearize, I think, within a year. I, the whole thing is really weird. Yeah, it's it's very strange. I just don't understand where this came out of. Like, the whole thing was just like... And I know Trump is, like, going to try to take credit for it, even though he's done, like, absolutely nothing. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, he called Kim Jong-un Rocket Man, so that was hilarious. But... Yeah, I don't really know what else he's done. I don't know if the North Koreans have finally realized that if they try to blow up anybody, they'll be completely obliterated, but I'm not sure. I mean, maybe it's just something with the Kim Jong-un regime where 
this is kind of what he's been going for. Like he's he has he's tried to look like a strong man, but nobody takes him seriously because yeah. his country is puny and can literally be destroyed in one nuke. So yeah, like the, the the whole thing with the whole thing with um like the Korean North Korean dictatorship is that like they they just want to like Kim Jong Un just wants to stay in power and have his fun like controlling a country and being Serving rich and people. all that and he do, he he doesn't he doesn't actually want to get in any conflict he just like showing off no, his he's a nut he's a yeah, nut he's a nut but like <laughs> so I don't know why I I just don't understand it all I don't understand what his motives are it kind of creeps me out like I I don't get what Maybe he's too afraid of that the conflict will escalate. Like, I don't know. I mean, maybe. I have no clue. Maybe it's because Trump is, like, the only one crazy enough who would do something. There's no security of that. Like, I I wouldn't doubt it. Um, But, you know, at the same time, it's, like, it's mind-boggling to me because, like, all we hear about is how North Korea is, like, desolate and no one. But then, like, suddenly, you know, how how horrible Kim Jong-un is, which, I, I mean, I believe all those things are true. But then it's like, oh, and now they're going to end the war. You know, I mean, this is the war that was part of the Cold War. This is not something that's that's old. I mean, we've had the 38th parallel, the the DMZ, for a very long time. Yeah, it's it, it's it's been ongoing since the 50s. It's not an act. It's technically not active anymore, but there are flare-ups. And I'm also interested in what it means for South Korea because. Well, plus, you know, you see, like, I, I don't know, maybe it was like three months ago, people were trying to cross the border and they were getting shot at. Yeah. Like, the whole thing is just, like, so strange. Like, I, I, no one saw this coming. And it, it begs the question, is it actually real? Or yeah, what's going on with Kim Jong-un? Yeah, and, and what are the South Korean motives here? Do they just want the United States to leave? But it's um, like, it also, is there an issue with them being complicit in letting the Kim regime reign and continue committing atrocities against his own people? Yeah, I mean, we do know that the conditions there are absolutely horrible. We know that from people who survived and have gotten out. But, you know, I, I don't know. I Like, it's like, I, it's it's just strange. You, you don't expect, like, this horrible person to suddenly just be like, oh, everything's okay now. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I, it's also it's also Kim Jong-un is coming two, two generations after the start of North Korea with Kim Il-sung being his grandfather. And, like, I honestly, like, he's a, he's basically like a, he's a spoiled rich kid who was, he went to boarding school in Switzerland, I think. Like, does he even care? I I don't know. I mean, it's weird because he does things like make the economy slowly more capitalistic, but then at the same way, he, like, just takes all their money. And he's like, it's weird. He's friends with Dennis Rodman. Like, it actually, like, I I don't know if he actually cares about international conflicts, or he just like wants to show off his like cool rockets. It's and, like one little nuke that can't do anything. Yeah, if he just wants to show that off, and because he thinks it like makes him more masculine or something. I don't know. I mean, considering it's like barely new technology, I, I'm like we've had inter uh, intercontinental ballistics since like the seventies. So I mean, yeah. really, since the sixties. So I don't really know. I don't know. I just don't. And at like some point, like the war itself was like an escalation of our relationship with Russia. But I don't. And China. Yeah. China's China's Mainly the only China. country that at all backs North Korea. 
Right, but it still brings back, like, this old idea of, like, oh, we're going against communism. And, um, you know, like, even w- with what's going on in Syria right now, like, obviously, we're still heating up with Russia. But in the same way, we're still having conflict with, with China. That hasn't stopped. And so I don't understand yeah, what, and, the, what and, the ramifications are going to be from that. Yeah, and the, the conflicts have shifted in both places. It's, I mean, if you're talking about North Korea you're not talking about going against communism anymore you're going you're talking about going against a dictator who yeah. is terrible to his people if you're talking about syria you're not talking about conflicting with russia you're talking about a person that uses chemical weapons against his citizens right but so there's it's ulterior like, motives to everything yeah obviously there's ulterior motives but like at this point it, it's like i i think that the us doesn't want to just the us just doesn't want to like get rid of uh, well, it's losing, it might be losing influence. That That's the point. It's like they seem like they just did this all on their own. And yeah. that's a scary thing because it's like we've been there since the 50s. Yeah. Is it just is it is it, um, are both North and South Korea basically just being like screw you to the U.S.? And Yeah. Well, I mean, so South Korea in the past has kind of tried to get away with with not having the U.S. military there anymore. Um, and, I, and I wonder if that is part of this because uh, they don't want them there. And I mean, yeah. I understand it, but, you know, at the same time, how can they not have it when we were in constant conflict with North Korea? So, yeah, I, I really think that the, the U.S., um, like, uh, from a more philosophical standpoint, the U.S. pulling out of kind of getting uninvolved in the Korean conflict is might be a good thing, but realistically it's not because there just needs to be the military support there in case anything happens with Kim Jong-un and his rockets. Well, yeah, But here's the thing I don't, I don't get. It's like literally the week before the winter Olympics, there was huge amounts of tension. And then it, I mean, Kim Jong-un just like, was like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to send South Korea to the Olympics and they're going to march as one country. That was weird. That that just doesn't make sense. They're it was not, so strange. They're not they 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 aren't a country. They aren't a country. They don't want to be one country. They I mean, each one wants to take over the other, but they're not one country, and they don't have a separate Korean flag or anything. Yeah, I, I don't. Well, actually, they do have a United Korean flag. Well, yeah, but they're not. It's weird. It's yeah. weird. Like, who's going to give up the power in this instance? I mean, no one wants, no one wants Kim Jong Un in power, but he's not going to give it up. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's it for Rocket Man and UBI today. I'm Ed Martin, and I'm Alex Kane, and this is the Bipartisans provided by BenSounds.com and Rocket Man. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.